The Proverb Podcast was created to highlight issues that affect men of color. These conversations are meant to enlighten, encourage thought, and start a dialogue on various topics that affect us as men. The goal is for men of color to learn and grow from these thought-provoking conversations and become better. Welcome to the Proverb Podcast. All right, today I have the amazing pleasure uh, to speak to a really good brother, man. This is a, he's a community builder, an entrepreneur, and he's currently working and serving in ministry. He's going to be a pastor soon, y'all. My brother, Lawrence Aja, how you doing, bro? Oh, man, I'm doing extremely well, man. What's going on, Kwaku? My big brother, man. How you doing? <laughs> man, I'm doing, I'm doing extremely well, man. So, I, we 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 met and I had to get you on this podcast, man, because there's just certain brothers that you meet that are amazingly dynamic in everything they're doing, man, and 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 they're real. And so, man, I I, I asked you what you wanted to talk about. So today we are talking about maintaining friendship in adulthood. So, man, talk to me, talk to me, bro. Man, uh, you know, it just this 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 subject I think has gotten a lot more light, man. But it's 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 always personal. Um, you know, I, I think you noted community building, and particularly is this issue that I think over the past ten years, I think a lot of great things have happened in the world. Um, you know, one of which has just been just the digital connection, the social media generation. I would say the social media time where we're so connected, we can connect and pick up the phone and talk to anybody, see anybody, send a text message, a note, or see someone's life on social media. At the same time, we see this also this big, big current and headwind that's been happening, which is just loneliness and isolation, um, you know, particularly amongst people physically, you know, people don't know their neighbors. Um, you don't see people as much. We're divided and, and separated from our families geographically. And so you have a lot of that thing. And what's interesting is like, particularly amongst men and, you know, which the statistics and things are bearing out is that particularly for middle-aged young men, we're dealing with loneliness, you know, at disproportionate rates than, than for women. And, you know, I've been always consuming that question, like, why is that? Why is that at that time? And I think for me, it's personal because I, you know, when I moved back to the city, moved back to New York and, uh, you know, was grinding like everybody else and, uh, you know, was consultant and doing that. Um, you know, I just saw so many brothers and sisters and sisters, particularly brothers, you know, continue to have the question like, Hey man, things are going well professionally, but it's just hard to meet people. I don't really know anybody, right. You know, we're hustling and bustling, but don't really know anyone. And on the surface, you know, brothers were prideful and, you know, on the surface we're you know, we're talking about killing it, grind, you know, things are great on the front end, but internally we're struggling with, man, we're just lonely. And, you know, that's been hurting us from a mental health standpoint, spiritually. And so yeah, that's been my heart. And I think that's just been the, the mission to kind of really unpack that and uh, address it in the most holistic way possible. So I, I, I get that because I am, you know, I'll expose myself here on the podcast. I do have a hard time. You know, I know a lot of people or I'll meet people, but actually making the deeper connection to become quote unquote friends is a little bit difficult for me at times. But like, what would you say is is the biggest challenge? Because you're right. You've made a good point. We are in a digital age. So you're connected to the world, but you're disconnected 
from from people. So what what is a, a, a man's biggest or first toughest challenge that he deals with that keeps him in this, I, I call it like a lone wolf kind of state? What is that? Oof, um, uh, identity. Um, and I would say identity because of striving. And so, you know, for many of us, you know, whether first generation or maybe the first person young man in, in your family who has gotten an education or you come from a lineage of just educators and, and people who have, have done well professionally, I think, you know, I think men have this universal sense, uh, need for men. Like I, I you know, I want to be significant, right? I, I, I want to do something, you know, that is significant professionally. And there's obviously societal, social expectations, all even in relationship to, you know, have your stuff together, um, you know, be able to provide for your future family, your current family. And typically that's tied to what you do now. And because of that, there's just this norm and expectation around what you do is who you are. And again, this is not tied to, uh, this is not only a male issue, but particularly for men, we internalize that so deeply. And so what ends up happening is, we tend to look at relationships and, uh, you know, I'll, I'll share some data on this, like, like functionally, right? So it's more utilitarian. And so the challenge we become is that we're spending so much time str like striving, like I'm trying to, I'm trying to get my stuff together. And as you get older, you become the, you want to isolate more because you don't want to be around people if you can't really say that you're doing anything. So you're like, man, this is a waste of time. Like if this has nothing to do with me pushing my venture forward, this has nothing to do with anything that's going to elevate and accelerate the path that I'm on, it's a waste of time. Plus, I don't wanna be around that social anxiety of not being able to say that my stuff isn't together or that I'm doing something significant that will work well in this social conversation about what do you do, what are you doing? So I think as we get older, men tend to again isolate, but a lot of it is about identity because we, we identify ourselves, our entire lives, we're, we're, we're fo focusing on who we're gonna become, what we're gonna do, what we're gonna launch, and our identities are so tied to that particularly in terms of a cultural norm. And so because of that, we eschew, we deprioritize building relationships. We more care about the product of that relationship unconsciously than the relationship itself. And so there's not as much time, I think, relative to our sisters. Uh, you know, our sisters are very good at cultivating and collaborating and, and, and communally nurturing the relationships. Men deprioritize that, I think, de facto. And they put their career aspirations above that. And in the end, you know, I took this, uh, you know, I was in this uh, pastoral counseling, uh, you know, like session that I did, if particularly for the age. And they talk about how older men are dying sooner than young, uh, than, than women, than, than the counterparts, particularly because uh, when they get an older age, they built up relationships that were typically functional. So then once they get into their age where they retire, they realize that all of these relationships that they've had are all gone. And so they deal with loneliness earlier. And, and, and that's one of the most striking pieces of examples and data that people are sharing today, which is like, man, men realize that they have more utilitarian relationships. And that's because all their entire life and their relationships are built around their careers and their pursuits and their ambition. And it's, 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 it's a gift and a curse. And I think this is the other side of it. So it, it, it is. I do believe that human beings in general will do anything. They'll rationalize and do anything to maintain their particular identity. So looking at myself, and this is not, this episode is not meant to be therapy for me, but I'll, I'll use myself and <laughs> I'll use myself in so many of these examples uh, because I know that this is somewhere that I need to um, kind of develop you know, really rapidly. 
but I, I, I do. When like when I first came to New York, I was all about becoming a certain thing and attaining a certain goal professionally that I spent so many years with my head down working. Now, mind you, I did, you know, get to a certain level where, you know, career wise recognition wasn't a bad, you know, wasn't hard to come by. And I had a portfolio and a resume that, you know, most, you know, firms in my career path didn't have. But I did look up and I didn't have many people around. I I had my wife, which was good. But as far as other men that I could really, you know, sit down and talk to, it was like a handful. And even even then that wasn't, you know, sufficient. There was nobody else to kind of share the victory with. Mm. Mm. I, I, I can definitely relate to this. And I, 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 I had a firm as well that, you know, I'm certainly not speaking of this from Mount Everest. I'm not the best friend maker in the world <laughs> or I'm not the best builder in the world. I, I think that, you know, I love, you know, I come from, you know, Ni- you know, Nigerian immigrants came in the late seventies. I was born in Brooklyn, New York, and I uh, raised your three sisters, two older, one younger. And I, and, you know, I had also had a father that I, I feel was really, um, what well, I'd say very emotionally healthy. And in, in, in some sense, you know, he kind of talked about just needs and wants and really talked about the importance of, time with family because he lost his parents at age of 11 he was orphaned and so we were everything to him in many ways it was god and it was his family and he was an entrepreneur and so just you know how he thought about people time was just very very it was just very very unique and distinct um and you know i think particularly because coming from a household of entrepreneurs from of entrepreneurs for me, you know, that was very easy for me to get into. And I love entrepreneurship and, you know, and I love that effect that I am one. Um, but I, I do find the same wrestle, right? Because, you know, think about the natural things that we do. These are good things. I think that's the thing that makes us insidious. These are not bad things. So even now in my age, at this stage of my life in my early 30s, I'm thinking about family. I'm thinking about, man, I want security for my family. So I could justify, man, like, you know, like, man, I, I need to make a live, you know, like the making the living versus making a life. Like I need to put my head down and I can keep kicking that ball down the road if I don't feel I'm, 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 I am secure enough. Or I can feel like, man, no, you know, no one's going to feel secure with this. Who's going to like read it, writing at the seat of their pants. I need to work harder. Or as guys, sometimes it feels like almost like a contest <laughs> of, you know, who's grinding the hardest, right? You know, it's kind of like, man, I, man, I got two hours last night, man, man, you only got two, man. I got two hours this week. You're right. <laughs> it's, it's almost right. like the one upsmanship. And we fall into that because we, you know, the truth is like, I, I do believe one of the things I always loved about track and field that, which was my, you know, soccer, it was soccer. Cause you know, you're African. So <laughs> soccer's worse, football, <laughs> and then, uh, there comes track. But I loved about track is that I felt there's a direct relationship between the work I put in and what I saw. Right. Even if I was great in soccer, if I, if I don't get, if I don't get playing time, they don't mean nothing if I'm riding the bench. So I was just like, if I'm fast, I'm fast. And I put, you know, like it was like the monomaniacal, like you and I talk about, like work ethic. Like I love getting up early, going and doing stadiums, coming back, showering, getting to school, then afterwards staying after weight room and then going in, going in the, the hot cold tub. And like, I love that. And so I tie that to my career. And so I could work, 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 work and say nothing else is important. Plus, I'm going to be lauded for my grind as well. And so I think for me, this has been a struggle, a, a struggle, struggle for me. And I think it wasn't until you put your heads up and you really think like, man, what's really that important to me is this always going to be, you know, I look up five years have passed, three years have passed. And I'm like, man, 
you know, like, but life is happening as these are happening. People are getting sick or people are getting married. People, things are happening. And I'm like, man, are people with me in these, in these moments of celebration and crisis in my life? Are people inviting me into theirs? And if, if that's not happening in mine, nor am I being invited in theirs, that says I'm doing a very poor job. And so, like it says, fire shows a builder's work. And so later on in life, when life continues to happen, we're getting into age now where our parents may not be here forever. You know, well, I'm gonna, well, I'm, who's gonna be there when I look up and say, I need you guys to be around me as, you know, as, I, as I grieve. And it, those right. things are getting more and more real. And I think um, a, a lot of people could relate to that now. And they realize like, yo, all this other stuff's for the birds if you don't have uh, great relationships around you to walk and do life with. Yeah, and and I, I love that I love where we're going with the topic because it's not just you know intimate relationships you know because believe me my story I I have the wife I had the kids and but I still do need friends because there are times when you know the people in the house may be the people that are giving me trouble you know for a moment. And I may need to have somebody outside that's just like, yo, bro, let me just, can we just go eat something real quick? And can I just get some stuff off of my chest? Can I just kind of speak openly about some things and not be judged or not be whatever? But I didn't have that for so long. So I perpetuated the cycle and I kept just taking everything that, you know, was was pressure or stress to me and just you know, what we do as men, we kind of mash it down. It's like the trash can. You put it in and you just push it down and you push it down and you push it down again. And then ultimately, you know, that trash got full. And I I found myself, you know, just not really at a, at a, at a point where I wanted to explode on people, but my reactions to things were the reactions that weren't necessarily healthy you know, to be giving to somebody who wasn't exposed to all of my junk. Mm-hmm. Ooh, yeah, this is, uh, yeah, this is this this is very very real, and uh, I think there's this this concept of just even atrophy, right? I think we understand this concept like things you don't use, they 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 wane, uh, they weaken, and one of the the I think the the scary the sleeping giants of this I think this time that we're living in as men, but as just people is. We're all, we're, we forget, we're interpersonally, I think we're really struggling. And I think a lot of it is around vulnerability. And this is what happens, I think, the gift and the curse of the digital age. And it's about the opportunity cost. And so, you know, what would have been maybe 15 years ago where you may not have had, you know, a, a, a timeline to like when somebody had a life update, maybe it was a phone call. And then that phone call conversation in real time or best or in many cases that phone call meant to meant uh you know led to meeting up for coffee and then you saw them in real time you had to have conversations you had to talk about things and you're you're you, it, and you don't realize cumulatively over time if if that's the lion's share of your interactions in in, in in with people you build a muscle about how to relate how to be vulnerable how to how to talk you know like just because we are around a lot of people now we're living in these you know in cities that are heavily populated you know i saw a quote which is always great like you know, a, a subway car is, you know, like is, is, is diverse, but it's not integrated, right? Like people don't, may not be talking or doing anything. And I think we, I think we're at a time where it's just like, particularly, I think many struggle, struggle with the vulnerability part. And I think vulnerability is, I think the cornerstone of building relationships where you can be known and feel safe, right? 
And, you know, you know, there's this, you know, a model that I've thought through and, you know, through our times, even just hosting, you know, uh, you know, dinner and, you know, like how do people build relationships? And I think it's, you know, connection. Usually the stronger the connections where, oh, we went to the same school or, oh, we're both, you know, African or, oh, we both from the South or we both, you know, consistency. You know, that's why, you know, run groups, run clubs, you know, uh, you know, like, you know, groups that do things together, you know, like consistently, you know, you build a relationship. Then there's vulnerability. And vulnerability is like where you can actually go to that space where I could tell somebody like, hey, man, I, you know, in, in college when I lost my best friend from high school, that that really hurt, man. And, you know, like that, that put me in a really dark place. Right. When it's just like when and usually it's like reciprocal when you're vulnerable, somebody else is vulnerable. And it's almost like somebody else knowing your stuff like you actually are closer because you're like, you know, my stuff, man. And I know your stuff. Right. So even if we're on like this blackmail thing, like, hey, man, you know, we both know each other's stuff, man. And there's some freedom in that, you know, to say that. And then lastly, is commitment um, of just saying, hey, you know, um, actually, you know, having expectations of relationships. Now, we always talk about this, like everybody knows what the role of a godparent is. It's very clear. Right. You're like, all right. This, this, my exercise relationship is clear, are clear. Yes, I need to be a part of their life. But if something happens, God forbid, I'm very clear that I'm going to step in, you know, to care for your child. But I think even in our closest relationship, they say you're rich if you, if you, if you, if you pass with three, but people don't even know expectations. Like, man, if I, if I get a promotion, if, you know, I have a baby, I'm, a, I'm a, I expect you there. I would love to see you. Or if something bad happens, I expect a call. Or, you know, if I'm going through something difficult at home, like you said, in my house with my wife or, you know, me, my girlfriend, you know, I, I, you know, I want to be able to pick up the phone and call you, you know? And I think that's been so grayed up that, again, people really don't realize when they do inventory that they don't really have strong relationships to thrive. And so, yeah, man, I think the vulnerability piece is hard. And I think particularly for men in terms of even just social expectations around men, views of masculinity around men, to just say, I feel this, I'm hurting this, having the language, just the words, the vocabulary, but then also having the spaces. And I think those what relationships do, having the spaces allow you to speak to that and actually feel like you're, uh, like, you're you know, like you're not alone. Yeah, the, the vulnerability piece is a huge piece. I was in a conversation with a guy uh, not too long ago about, about vulnerability, especially in men of color. And... I, I come to the conclusion that it is an underdeveloped muscle. And that doesn't necessarily mean that the muscle, the muscle exists, the muscle's there, but it is something that has to continue to be worked because societally and, and even culturally, we're taught that vulnerability is weakness. But I, I tend to come at it now, you know, and what works for me is I tend to come at it now and say, I can be vulnerable with any and everybody. If I just, I can just be vulnerable with you the first time I meet you. And the reason is because I'm giving this away. You can't take something from me. I can't feel like you've taken advantage of something that I've freely given. Mm -hmm. And if you walk away thinking that I'm some sort of weirdo or, you know, who, who does he think he is sharing, you know, that he was depressed you know, if that's the case and if that's what you walk away with and that then I know the depth of our relationship at that point. And I'd rather know it in that moment than to walk away with a fake friend or a pseudo friend that is going to fail me later on in life. Mm. 
Bro, man, I mean, that definitely replies romantically. I was actually talking to my friends around that. I was like, you might as well get to that no. You at least know that if they if they stay after that, you tell them who you are, then you know that they're there for the right reasons. So it always makes sense there. But I also, you know, I think it's it, it's everything that you shared there, which is just spot on, man. And it's also, um, I think, also a, a product of, of, you, of just personal security, right? Because if you're secure in who you are, a lot of times you're not vulnerable, not because of the judgment of that you're weak or the judgment of what you share, right? And so you're like, what is this person going to think of me now that they know the truth? So particularly as men, you know, if you feel like you're supposed to be self-sufficient. So if there are moments of doubt, particularly in entrepreneurship, and I don't think this just applies to entrepreneurship. I think I know a number of men, whether it's been a part of my studies I've been a part of, or just guys that got we talk about, that we talk and we are open up. A lot of it's just like fearing of just not having it all together. You know, I mean, like, you know, I think now you have a lot of shows and things going on and, you know, you can read the blogs. It's kind of like, this guy's a bum or, you know, I name no names. You know, like, oh, this guy's a bum. Look, he don't got his stuff together. So guys, you know, like it's particularly, obviously, with between gender, they're going to struggle with that. But even with other guys, particularly when they want to show, like, I have my stuff together and it makes it feel like these people are going to look low upon me. And so if you're really secure in who you are or outside of what's happening, you can actually share who you are and not, and, and not feel um, like, you not feel like you're you're giving um, you know, not feel as though like you, you're, you're going to be denigrated or you're anything less. I do think obviously that has to put, happen in a place of trust. So I'm not saying that you should do that with anyone. But I, I think this is something that I got in tune with very early in my life. And I, I thank God for this, is that like I, I always desired the vulnerability soon. And it's, it's a gift and a curse similarly. Is this, I go zero to 60, zero to 100 pretty much around that because I'm like, why waste time? Like, you know, I don't want to add, I don't like pleasantries of like, how are you? Like every, everybody says fine. If ever, since everybody says fine, I'm not sure how you're doing, right? Like how, like, how's your spirit? Like what happened today? Like, how's your, and like, I, I, I don't want, I really want to get to know you. And I, and I, and right. I really believe that, you know, people are put on your path for a reason. You're put, you were put on my path for a reason. And we got to the vulnerability ASAP, right? Like it was, it was really, really quick. And I tend to find that with my closest friendships, my closest relationships, we get to that really quickly or there's, or I've been just fortunate to have people feel comfortable to get vulnerable with me soon um, and not feel and feel safe enough to share. And for me, that's just so fulfilling because I feel like I really know people and get to know people. And I think that's ultimately the prerequisite of what I think many of us as guys, we struggle with getting. We don't really know people because we just get the stats, the, the things that, you know, we, we admire or we want to big up, but we don't really get the person. Yeah. And I, I think as men, you can when you're with a group of guys, you know, you have to you have to I run this test in my mind. I say, how important is it? You know, is is what is what these guys think of me really that important on a scale of one to ten? And normally I return with no. It's not that important to me. So you can give freely at that point. I can say, oh, man, I went through a. You know, I just had an argument or, you know, what I mean, my my kids did this or whatever and not feel two ways about it, you know, because ultimately whoever who that whoever that drives away wasn't meant to be here, at least in this season of my life. And then we have to kind of we've got to divorce the notion, like you were saying earlier, we've got to divorce the notion that everyone that there are people that have everything together. None of us, if anybody is listening if you take away one thing from this episode, at least from my end, it's 
nobody has it all together. I I know I know guys whose net worth would, you know, would freak you out that aren't happy. That would that would kill to have a genuine friend. You know, that would give up, you know, almost all of what they had if they knew that there was somebody that they could call and just talk to about their deepest insecurities because you 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 need these things because there's there's that's the only way you're going to work them out. And I always say I'm saying now in my life because now I'm transitioning into, you know, being more friendly and going out and meeting new people and everything. Listen, a, a really good friend is cheaper than a therapist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're and you're going to need one of them at least at some point in your life. So I do think it's, it's important for us, I think, to even to build on that is that, you know, some part of the challenges I think as men we have in terms of building and maintaining friendships is understanding the different types of friendships you should have. And um, and, and I think there's even, you know, a, a model I like to think about is, you know, and, and I think this is the more communal model because there's a lot of people have a model where it's kind of an orbit and you're in the center. And then mm-hmm. every it's like Amazon, these relationships, you know, I consume these relationships for these purposes and everybody's in that place. But it's really it's, it's really kind of a, a somewhat of a tree. And it's 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 your peer relationships. Right. You know, you you should have peers, you have people. And again, you should have it in different points of your life. But in general, you say yeah, peer relationships, but also mentor relationships. Because think about it, like, you know, when there are people, you know, they're just wise counsel brothers who are my, my father or, you know, otherwise people that you admire and respect who you look at their life and say, hey, if I just hung around them, I wouldn't feel bad if my life mimicked theirs a bit. You know, mm. it, you tend to have a disposition to want to listen from somebody who's a mentor, from somebody who's older, who's been there, done that. So the relationship and so the type of knowledge, the type of growth you get, it's, it's even more seamless when they're older. And I'm not saying that you can't get that from somebody, but I do think it's important to have a ladder of relationships, having your, your peer relationship, the people your age who you could sharpen each other, learn, be on the journey with each other, ask questions because you guys are going through similar things at a similar point in your life. People who have been old, who are older and who have been there, done that, and who just, who are willing to share from, and you find that people love to share information. And you're like, man, like, let me, uh, you know, I am more, I'm going to, I'm, I'm more willing to share with this person because I know that this person has some wise counsel. And then mentees, people, again, people, we get away from this, but again, there's no mentor if that, that mentor does not see you as a mentee, right? So you have to ultimately build that muscle yourself to say, are there people younger than me that I'm just sharing about my journey? And I think we get this, particularly for men, in a professional context. Like, you know, you get into art, boom, I just joined the bank, I'm on the trading floor, cool. Who are my sponsors up? Who are my mentors up there who are gonna like, you know, pound the table for me in reviews? Who are my people who are gonna rock with me, you know, while I'm on the trading desk, whatnot. And then my mentees are people who are in the intern for the summer program. We get that in this more utilitarian stuff for that, but don't realize you need that in life. You need that. You, we need, our community needs it. We need men who are pouring into those who are younger than them. We need those looking up and being humble and, and enough to receive and grow and having uh, build that wisdom, but always looking back to each one, each one. I think there's certain relationships that lend themselves to more teaching and certain relationships that lend themselves to more receiving and learning. And so I think part of just being intentional is saying, man, let me look at my friendships. Let me just look at my life, man. Are there men who are pouring in my life who 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 I allow to have license to speak into my life, who I feel safe to share 
outside of the relationship I, I, I tend to feel safe with. So, you know, like, you know, like seek those people out, you know? And so I, I have, you know, older brothers, older men in my life. I consider you one of them, um, you know, who are just like, hey man, like, you know, who I could call and talk about my life, my real life challenges and feel safe. Um, and then, and then the cascade goes on my peers and then those who are younger than me that I share. And a lot of times I'm more listening and sharing what I've learned. So I, I do think we're good about being intentional in a professional context, but I think the opportunity now, the need now, the demand now for, particularly for men, is that we need to do this in, in our personal lives, um, in our social lives. We need this. And I, I mean, I, I think we've seen this. I mean, now there's more conversation about this, this need for men and relationships, you know, from entertainers are sharing about their issues of loneliness and needing friends and mental, it, it, you know, it's become more in, in, uh, in style to talk about it. I wouldn't say in style has become more, I think, uh, of a burning platform, but I think it's also because I think we lack the skills in the muscle to do it. And, and I think some thinking about those frameworks help. So, so what would you say? And, and, you know, this is, this is not exactly the gospel, but what would be your recommendation for a man who, you know, a brother who doesn't have many relationships, you know, many good, you know, solid friendships and relationships, you know, with other men. And he's, he can listen to this and he's like, oh man, this sounds great. I want to start. Where, where would you suggest that he starts? What's something that he can do to kind of get out there and, and just meet some more quality brothers? Oh man, I, I think they're, so I can talk about kind of your traditional spaces and I can talk about internally what he can do and it, it just for himself to kind of uh, be intentional about it. I think the common space, I think that people that, you know, I, I think the big thing that you need, as we talked about, is connection, consistency, um, and then the vulnerability commitment part comes after that. And so where are places, what are his interests, where are the spaces that he already is in, right? So is he a part of any groups or, or, or clubs or, you know, like, hey, man, there's, a, there's a, you know, there's guys who play intramural or pickup ball or there's guys who are run it, who do a run club. Uh, or there's, You have to look at the spaces you're already in. And typically, and most often, you'll find that you're actually already in spaces where um, there are there are men and women, oh, men who are willing and open to do this. But typically, it's finding places that you can build connection based on your interests and then consistency, right? And I think a lot of those common places. I think there's common like you know your your church, your you know like if you uh, worship and uh, you know like your place of worship. That's usually a great place to to go because that's, there's usually a habit, there's a rhythm, and a lot of um, I, I think what people miss sometimes is they think this is an issue of willpower. So he's like, okay, great. Like now I need friends. Now let me change my life, like going on a diet. Like, let me, let me go on a diet. Let me do this. It's like, no, it's about changing your lifestyle. And so things in your life have to change in order to welcome this new change in your life in. And part of it is like, where, what spaces am I going into on a consistent basis? Because, you know, where willpower fails, habits, habits prevail, right? And you want to build a habit. Like, you know, I always love when I, I talk to older men, or I admire my parents. It's like they have date night. Why is this? Because they don't love their, their, you know, love their spouse. No, they, they, they schedule it because they're like, you know, life happens. Think I'm not naturally going to drift towards date night. So we're going to put this on the calendar. So this is a habit. So when I'm coming, when it comes to like building friendship is saying, Hey, the best thing for me to do is find a space that is consistent, that allows for consistency where I can consistently. So even if I find that person once, I may see them next week or I miss them next week. So I would say typically, like I said, those clubs in the murals, sports, um, interest that have people getting together consistently is great. I always say a place of worship is very, very helpful. Um, I think there are a number of, um, um, I think uh, men who I know are always a part of some sort of like basketball pickup or something like that. But I do think there, I also think even professionally, what I've, I've, I've been fortunate 
to find people. And I think there's a difference between somebody who you find is a friend who cares for you in your professional development in that company and someone who cares about your interests, whether you're in that company or not. And so if you're working at a company where you find that somebody is just, you know, like has, is willing to spend time with you, who is willing to, who is generous with their time with you and has an interest in your life beyond the firm, beyond the company, you know, you would, you'd be interested. It, it takes some level of faith to kind of step forward and open that door to say, Hey, I'd love to just hear about your journey and also share a little bit more about mine. And could we get coffee on, on, you know, on, on the calendar, maybe like once every month, people, you'd be surprised how people are willing and open to doing that. Number one, people love to share about their story. But two, if you if you build it in a, where it, it feels like this is a rhythm and I'm getting to, to share more about myself and get to know you, it works. So, I, you know, I tend to say that usually you're in a, you're, if you look around and take stock of the spaces you're currently, um, you know, assuming, whether socially, professionally, spiritually, uh, there are usually um, uh, opportunities for you to connect. Um, and I think there are traditional spaces that people know. And I think internally, I think it takes, I think it actually takes being, you know, ruthlessly intentional about, hey, I need to fit this in my life. And so if I were in a relationship, what would that look like? Okay, now I need to be more consistent and go out. Um, I mean, there are organizations, I, I'm a part of, I've been part of a great organization, uh, you know, called Our Family Dinner and Family Dinner Foundation. And, you know, we host dinners around the world, around the country. And a lot of those spaces, particularly are spaces where you don't have to necessarily qualify. You don't have to give your resume. Um, you don't have to, you know, be this, the most socially smooth, you know, you know, guy. You could be your Leroy from Last Dragon and get vanity. So, you know, like, it's, you don't have to be. You can come in, have dinner, and, <laughs> and, feel, and feel like people welcome you. And I do think there's a need for more of these spaces because there are, many, there are usually spaces that there's no lack of spaces for people to socialize and, and turn up. There's no lack of that. But for many people who realize, oh, man, I don't have friendship, it's socially, it bring, builds so much sense, social anxiety. Because you're like, when well, am I going to go up in a club with blaring music and like when weekends playing, I'm going to come in and you say, hey, will you be my friend? Like no one's going to do that. Right? No, it's just, right. it's just very rare to find that. And so I think you have to identify those spaces where, again, the expectation is that you're going to go there and find friends and people are willing and open to build friendship with you. And so I'm grateful for, for, for that opportunity and for that culture that we developed through, uh, through that tradition, through our family dinner. But I also think that, again, whether it's church, uh, whether it's being a part of a co-working space, whether it's being a part of a, a run club, um, you know, a, 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 a basketball intramural meetup, or even just brothers getting together for coffee in your, in, in your, your, in your job at your trading desk or your, your, your company, you could, there's usually guys who are willing and open. Um, you just have to now have your mind and eyes towards them. Man, and and the funny thing is the the family dinner that you mentioned. That's where I first met this brother, and we chopped it up, and then went and got some coffee. Well, no, it wasn't coffee. We went and got some African food in New York. Some of that Senegalese jollof. Shout out to Senegalese jollof. You know, number two, we had Niger jollof, but whatever. <laughs> Outside Kwaku, I know Ghana jollof. You know what I mean? But we still we still acknowledge that. Well, when you when you when you're the best, you don't have to mention it. So somebody else mentions it for you. <laughs> oh man! But but no, that's that's where I, we actually met. And and the fun thing about that is, you and I met in a time when I was actually doing more of that. I was saying I need to be more intentional about you know just meeting up with brothers and just kind of getting connected. You know because the proverb group is doing amazing things, and but I can't do that and not live, you know, the connection piece. So yeah, that was the man. So, so listen, 
I'm full off of this whole thing. I'm sure the listeners are are absolutely amazed. Hopefully you took notes. If you didn't, go back, get your notebook, go back over it all, uh, because you've got we got a lot of meat in this episode as we do in every episode. But, you know, Lawrence, I, I man, I wanted to say, first of all, I'm grateful and thankful that you are my brother. Oh, man. Likewise, man. Likewise, man. I'm thankful for you, man. I, I respect. I admire you. I love how you love your wife, my sister, Sybil, man. And I'm grateful that you, um, you know, opened up, man. We met and you made it very clear and open that you know, you'd love to build as brothers. And uh, it was, it's an answer, it's a continued answered prayer for me to have great men in my life. And I thank you so much, man, for, uh, you know, uh, for us journey and locking arms, man. <laughs> yeah, man. Look, but, but before we, before we jump off the episode, how can people connect with you? Give me your, what, what give me your social names, give me whatever you need, uh, that whatever you're comfortable with sharing with people so that they can connect with you because you're doing amazing things. Uh, this brother runs every doggone day. And he inspires me to run. Uh, Most definitely, man. Uh, I love and I welcome uh, people reaching out, man. Um, uh, my social is Aja, A as an Apple, D as in David, J as in Jack, A as an Apple, H as in, H as in hello, underscore L. And that is that on Instagram, on on Twitter. Um, and uh, you can catch me on Facebook, Lawrence Aja. Um, again, Lawrence with the W, Aja, A-D-J-H. You can email me, Lawrence at LawrenceAja.com, or you can send me a note on my website, Lawrence Aja. Uh, dot com. And again, I, I am open and I love connecting and building with great people. And so again, feel free to reach out. Do not hesitate. And, and if you do on Instagram, guys, just before we get off on Instagram, if you go check out this brother's feed, he does the meanest electric slide that you've ever seen. <laughs> oh, man. You know, I give him a little shimmy on it, man. You got to throw that in. <laughs> So so go check that out and go ahead and like that one. That's that was one I liked. But man, Lawrence, thank you, man. Bless you. We appreciate you. And this is not your only time you're gonna be on this podcast. We need you back for another episode. Oh man, I will certainly be back, man. Bless up. God bless you, man. I love you, bro. Love you too, bro. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Check us out and follow us on social media. On Facebook at facebook.com slash PRVRB. On Instagram at WeAreProverb, that's We Are PRVRB. On Twitter at WeAreProverb. Or online at PRVRB.com. Did you know that we also host a private group of men on Facebook where over 1,000 men of color connect, learn, and grow together? Would you like to become a part of this amazing group? If so, search for the Proverb Group on Facebook. Again, that's P-R-V-R-B and register to join our group today. And make sure you like, comment, rate us, and share this podcast with anyone you know. Until next time, this is your host, Kwaku Amuna, from Proverb, signing off. As always, be great.